Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually with podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com or the Access More app. That prayer meeting ended up becoming a church and all that. It was a great time to be alive, a great time to be in the, the body of Christ and see what God was doing. And in fact, what we're seeing now is a return to those times. And I think this is part of uh, the next Great Awake. Stories stir the soul. Stories reveal. And stories heal. In this podcast, we will give you an inside look at someone who's had a life-changing breakthrough. Real people, real stories with real breakthroughs. As a health and wellness expert and coach and Todd as a men's mentor, we've seen firsthand what God can do when it comes to a breakthrough. So lean in, listen well, this could be your biggest breakthrough. Hey there, and welcome to this episode of Your Biggest Breakthrough. I'm Wendy Pett. I'm Todd Isburner. And uh, Wendy, you know, sometimes I think uh, we find ourselves in a really, really good place in life. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's lots and lots of struggles and challenges we could spend a long time talking about. But the truth is, every once in a while, we're in a place of of really a good place. And we're like, God is blessing. And it's almost like a charmed life. Others look as man, things are going great for you. Right, right. And then all too often, we fool ourselves into thinking that things will always stay this way, that yeah, things will always true. be hunky dory and just, uh, just blessed like it is. And we get so comfortable in it that we lose yeah. perspective. Yeah. And then, you know, almost like to our surprise, uh, things begin to change almost unexpectedly. And we feel like we're losing control. And the next thing we know, we're, we're in a place of, of, of lostness and brokenness and hurt and just don't know how to get out of it. Yeah. Well, our guest today has experienced that, but after uh, losing everything, he found hope and restoration. So today on the show, we have Dr. Gene Bailey, and he is currently serving as executive director for Kenneth Copeland Ministries, the Victory Channel and executive pastor at Eagle Mountain International Church in Fort Worth, Texas. With a long history in ministry, Gene has traveled the world and experienced the power of God firsthand. Whether it was dining with kings in the Middle East to being thrown in jail in West Africa for spreading the gospel. Oh my goodness, can't wait to hear about that. Gene has seen God truly open doors for the gospel like never before. In 2016, Revival Radio TV was born out of Gene's hunger to see and experience true revival comparable to the great moves of God in the past. His long history in media allows Gene to see the history of revival as it applies to outpourings today. And in 2020, Gene launched Flashpoint, which is a television program highlighting current events, prophecy, and politics from a biblical perspective. Currently, Flashpoint and Revival Radio TV are seen on broadcast outlets and cable systems around the world. And so we are so excited to have Gene Bailey on your biggest breakthrough today. Hey, Welcome Gene. to the show. Come on in. Thank man. you. Thank you. 
So, yeah. So, Gene, I'm looking at this bio again and I'm thinking now, okay, so that's a charmed life right there in ministry. That's big impact. I mean, things are going so Except for the throne and jail part. Well, that part, that'd be a little tricky. Right up up to that. Yeah. Yeah. Right up to that. Things look pretty, pretty good. Um, But you've got a story that that shows just like for all of us, what it means to have to go through some things that you didn't want to have to go through and to break through to the other side. So I, we want you to unpack your story, but there, I know there's some listening right now. So like, so what's, what's in it for me? And here's the deal. The truth is it, if you are struggling right now today, Gene is going to help guide you into a place of breaking through. So what would be the first thing, Gene, you would tell somebody, and maybe the first thing that you did when you found yourself having lost everything, what's the first thing you do? Do you like grab a bunch of self-help books and start to get it together? What'd you do? Well, uh, no, um, <laughs> and I, I enjoy the self-help industry. I, I actually enjoy all of that. That's, that's the sad thing, but that's man's answer. It's ne- he's never going to give you the answer that you need. Um, the, the key for me was realizing point number one, it's not about me. It's just not about me, period. Mm. And uh, that, was, uh, that was probably the key. For me to figure out, it's like, once you understand it's not about you, then you understand, okay, God, what do you want me to do? Where have I missed it? What do I, how do I refocus everything? How do I get on the straight and narrow? And I wasn't like, you know, out robbing banks or something. It wasn't that I was so far out, you know, it's just that I wasn't on the right track. You know, when you learn to fly as a pilot, you know, I, I remember Kenneth Copeland explaining to me this. He said, you can fly on a heading of 180. And in your, this is 180, you're going like this, but if you're at 181, you're not that far off right here when you start. Mm-hmm. But by the time you get to your destination, you're going to be like this. You're going to be, have missed it by hundreds of miles, depending on how long mm-hmm. you had to fly. So it's important to stay on the path, stay on the right path and stay connected to God and get, and get, uh, get in line with that. It's really very simple. I yeah. love that answer. Though. I mean, that, that that is simple. It's hard, but it's simple. It's like, it's not about me. Right. Wow. Right. Uh, I love that in your head. Yeah. And I love that analogy, of course, from Kenneth Copeland. And um, I've always said that uh, moderation kills momentum. And just that moderation right. of that one degree, right, mm-hmm. can really kill the momentum of the track that God has for you. And so um, I've known you for a long time, Gene, right. a long time friend, maybe a 15 years. And I've seen you at that place and, and where you are today. And it's just it's so awesome to see <clears throat> God restore and to um, break forth so many Amen. things that is causing a ripple effect in many people's lives because of what you've been through. So I love that. But let's go to because uh, not everyone knows you. Um, let's 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 start back with, you know, your childhood and, and how your faith, your faith walk. Let's talk there. Sure. You became a Christian at, at age eight, right? That's right. Vacation Bible school Yeah, at the uh, Christian Missionary Alliance Church. Yeah, we got saved there and um, it was huge, huge. I, I don't, I'm, you know, as much as an eight-year-old can understand of what happened, I do yeah. remember it. I do remember coming home and telling my dad while he was outside working on a car, uh, about what had happened. And it was, well, that's great, Gene. That's great. You know, so it was, it was momentous for me. Yeah. At age eight. Uh, now this is, uh, I'm a little bit older than you, Wendy, but the, uh, Todd will remember, <laughs> Todd will remember <laughs> yeah. that, uh, you know, in the sixties, there was the great charismatic renewal. There was like yes. 
God was showing up in a big way. It was the precursor to the Jesus movement. And so my family, um, we eventually got thrown out of that church <laughs> because we believed <laughs> we believed God was for today. And anyway, it's a long, ugly story. But anyway, the, uh, yeah. the, the, the point there was that we, our family went through this great transition time. Man, God was showing up. And so we, I used to hate Tuesday nights as a kid. Um, because uh, we would have a prayer meeting, this new thing called a prayer meeting at your house, and people would come. Now, there's no internet, no email, no cell phone. It's word of mouth and the phone that had a really long cord. That's the only way you connected with people. <laughs> and uh, we had people show up at our house. The reason I hated Tuesday nights because we had to, my sister and I had to work all day, you know, as soon as we got home from school to get the house ready for people. And tens of people would show up, people that we wouldn't know. And they'd knock on the door and I'd answer and they go, is this the place? I'm like, yeah, yeah, the secret yeah this is it. Come on in. You know, I'm like, ah, another one, you know, but, <laughs> but that was uh, real planting in me. I got to see the power of God moving in a way that was organic. And it sounds trendy term, but we didn't know how to make the move of God happen. And you really can't do that, but we didn't fabricate something. And so God just moved. And, and I mean, we had a prayer meeting, which was, I don't know, people prayed, um, mm -hmm. you know, that it was, uh, it cracks me up nowadays. People say we had a prayer meeting and they talk for 55 minutes and pray for five. But anyway, right, we would right. pray. And, and as a kid, <clears throat> you know, at, back then, Todd, you remember we had to get down. It didn't count if you weren't on your knees. Yeah, You had to yeah. get down on your knees. You had to right. pray. And, and so as a not. Yeah. Catholic or not. And so we're praying. So I learned as a kid that the, 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 the way to get out of falling asleep praying was to whatever you do when you wake up and you look around and you go, Oh, everybody's up. I was sleeping. Just go in Jesus name. Amen. And then sit up, you know, and everybody, and then you're trying to do this. Like I'm awake. Yeah. So oh, you're giving away some secrets. People might use that. So one. what age were you when all of that was being experienced in your life? Uh, you know, that was around nine, 10, 11 in those three years, right in there. So, I mean, it was, it was a huge, huge, uh, a huge time in my life. And, and I forgot the question. I got so off track, but, but that's, that's where faith came from. Then I got to see the move of God happen and I got to see people get healed. I mean, that was amazing. And I still remember mm. at age 11, uh, not as a kid, not really being in, that involved in what was going on in the, uh, in the service that night. And sitting there and trembling and shaking it. And of course, I'm thinking, man, am I, I'm getting sick. I've got, I must be getting a cold. I must be getting the flu, you know, all those things you would think. Then I realized, I mean, the guy that was leading it said, man, the power of God's all over Eugene. And I mean, I still remember this day, uncontrollable, wow. uncontrollable, wow. Uh, you know, impact of God saying, I'm here. And that's all mm -hmm. I got. That's all I got. It wasn't some big you know, big manifesto that I got at age 11. But I mean, I knew that God was real and that was uh, set me on a course. And of course that prayer meeting ended up becoming a church and all that. So, I mean, that was, was great. It was a great time to be alive, a great time to be in the, the body of Christ and see what God was doing. And in fact, what we're seeing now is a return to those times. And I think this is mm -hmm. part of uh, the next great awakening. Mm -hmm. I love yeah. that, Gene. Yeah. And I love that you um, had the opportunity to be um, brought up in a family that that yeah. planted those seeds yeah. in you. Not everyone has that, right? right? That's right. So, That's right. but 
But even though you came from a family like that and you received the Holy Spirit and you felt the presence of God and all that at a young age, there were times where you slipped away, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. um, Yeah. So, so let me then, tell you, you yeah, want to know ahead. about that? Yeah, let's let's hear it. Let's hear the down and dirty. Yeah, we want to see I want to see that, <laughs> that, so that coin and positive and uplifting. That's right. <laughs> Flip that coin over. Let's see the ugly. Uh, okay. Well, you know, as anybody goes through teenage years, you know, you start to push things aside and you go, Well, I don't know, maybe. And and I found beer and I thought, oh, that's cool. And so yeah. uh, you know, we had a good time. The um I had, but still I was never far from God. I always, I never, I will say this. I never had a point where I thought God wasn't real. And maybe because of that instance, I just described to you, but I knew that God was real. So I kind of got myself back, you know, early on in my teen years, got myself back on track and went to, uh, went to school in 1978 at Heritage University in Charlotte, North Carolina. That was, uh, the first year at PTL had started a, a university. And so I was one of the first class and, uh, you know, really was in, captured by what God was doing and technology. And then, I mean, back then it was like, I mean, you can stand in television and tell people to call the phone and then it rings. I mean, that was pretty cool. I mean, that was cool to stand and watch people get saved by the hundreds. I mean, that was really a great thing. So that kind of launched into ministry and television, what I was doing and, and really being a part of that. And then a few years later, I mean, I traveled the world. I mean, I did everything from hideout from uh, coups in Africa to, you know, uh, like I said, in the bio dinner with Kings. I mean, I, I was very blessed to have these great experiences. But then I came home one day and my wife decided that she, it was time for a divorce. And, um, so she divorced me and, 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 and literally within 90 days, I found myself in an apartment scratching my head, trying to figure out, you know, what happened? What, how did I, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of, you know, and of course you're wanting to bargain with God and go, God, look, all I've done my whole career here is do what you said to do. And, and but look mm-hmm. at what happened now, mm-hmm. of course, at that point, I was taking absolutely no responsibility for myself and, uh, blaming it all on God or her. And uh, that just wasn't the case. And uh, so, you know, I had to get to the point. And this was a key point for me. Even even though things were being said that weren't true, I had to forgive her and I had to forgive myself and I had to let it go because there was a point where I knew if I don't let this go, this is going to define me. And I can't let a negative instance define me, whether it be happened to me uh, or a, a a, a, a hurt or a disease or an accident that can't define you. It has, you have to be able to decide that's not going to define me. That happened to me. I'm not going to deny that it happened, but let's move on. And uh, that was a key. And, uh, and moving on was to the acceptance of that. Gene, did anybody help you through that process? Because there are some listening right now who are still kind of stuck in that place. They've been, in a sense, from their perception, victimized. Maybe they're resentful. And they don't understand, well, God, why would you let that happen? I've been, you know, I've been tracking along with you and all of a sudden, wham. Um, But this forgiveness thing is is so key. So how, how did you get to that point? Again, did somebody help you or did you just get there on your own? Well, I have some, some great friends uh, in, in, in the body. Now, caveat here. I had worked with ministers and ministries for decades at this point and understanding not, you understand, not everybody is who they say they are. I know that's right. a shock, but it's uh, it really was. So I would probably had more of a wall up 
to go to a pastor or yeah. minister, which isn't right, is my own fault. So it probably took me, I'm sure it took me longer to overcome some of those things because I had that wall. So I had some friends, but at the end of the day, Todd, I mean, it had to be, I had to get to, see how they used to say, uh, I came to the end of myself and uh, mm-hmm. emotionally and go, wait a minute, this isn't not going to work. I've got to move this thing on and turn life around. And, and that's really what it was. And so, yeah. And so you, you really felt like at the, at that point, probably that, you know, once the forgiveness piece happened and you had the friends that were pouring into you that, yeah, this isn't about me, this Mm, is about God. And so how did that, um, that shift in mindset change your actions and which has led obviously to, to this new trajectory of your life, but how did that, that shift in mindset take you to those next steps and what were those next steps? Well, the first thing that happened is things got worse, Wendy. I mean, mm. it, the bottom really fell out then. Um, I had bought a failing nutritional supplement business, turned it around, and then that backfired, and I got sued, and I basically lost all of my investment. <clears throat> and uh, 2008 hit, where I can tell you in mid-June, the week it happened, when uh, people started to understand, well, looks like... Uh, uh, Hillary had dropped out. Obama might really be president. Churches and ministries and a lot of folks just rolled up their sidewalks, closed their doors and said, we're not going to do anything. And it was tough. It was tough. And so I had a double whammy and ended up, uh, you know, and that was devastating to me to lose a business I had believed in. I had under, I really investigated a lot, was actually going to school to get my uh, naturopath um, yeah. certification because I understood of how stress and everything affected the human body. Uh, I wanted to share that with others. And that's a valiant thing. But I tell you, there was a point, there was a point where I came to when this thing had fallen apart and it was almost, it's not that he did, but it was as if God said, I never told you to do this. Uh-huh. I never God saying, I never said, this is what you're supposed to do next. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, but it was a really cool idea, God. You got to admit, you know, yeah, and I yeah. can do this and I have the, the understanding and the business mindset. We can make this a go. But man, once I understood, man, this thing was cursed. It was not for me. Mm-hmm. I let it all go. And I had to release that. And that's a key to yes. forgiveness. Like what you were saying, Todd, is really mm-hmm. releasing all of that out and saying, you know what? This was my mistake. God can make this up. And listen, it was a lot of money. Uh, to let to walk away, but I did, yeah. and but you uh, that owned was, that it. Was, yeah. You owned it, and that was I so owned key. it. You owned yeah, it. you have to and, own and, it, and, and didn't move on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and remember I, and I that really, time, Gene. Yeah, you do. And and you were you were uh, in, in a place of um, uh, of a posture of of humility is is where you ended up being, and 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 God could mold that that yeah. humble spirit into who you are and who you. are always were, but more so who you are today. And um, I'm just um, grateful that you gave God the uh, the opportunity to, to heal your heart and move forward. So, um, yeah. So I think some people, when they go through something like that, Gene, especially when you, you know, you're so involved in ministry and everything, uh, in, in hindsight, do you look back? And I think some of us do. And we realize that thing we went through while we take responsibility was also a trial by fire. It, was. it it wasn't for God to see where we're going to turn out, right? It was for us to find out yeah, how we're going to end good. up on the other side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Talk, talk talk about that a little bit. 
Well, I, I think, you know, understanding where you came from. And let me keep a little further in the story. So I let all of that go and said, okay, I'm done. Um, then I, so probably, uh, I don't know, maybe as a year later, discovered I, I was having some issues and found out I had hepatitis C. And I'm like, could, is there anything else, God, you want to like throw on the, you know, just pile on here? Right. Because, yeah. I, you know, they were like, have you ever traveled to these countries? Have you ever done this? Have you ever done that? I'm like, yes, 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 and yes. And uh, so, I, I mean, I went. There was a moment of breaking that I had to call my parents because my kids were little at the time. And I was concerned that my ex-wife may try and take them from me if she found out I had this horrible disease. Now, understand, I had no symptoms. I had absolutely no symptoms. But I had, every time I had, I don't know how many blood tests and trying to figure out because I just didn't believe it was accurate. <clears throat> so I called my parents. You know, when, when you get down to it, when it's really bad, you call mom and dad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mom and M. Yeah. Mom and M. And, and, you know, and so when I did, I mean, they were great and I just kind of lost it because I knew that was the bottom finally got to the bottom of everything. And my dad said, well, you know, you should have told us earlier and all that, but he goes, well, we're not going to have it. And he prayed and my dad prayed Mm. on the phone and my dad was a retired Delta airlines jet mechanic who went into the ministry later in life as an associate pastor and, and used to minister at hospitals, but he was so kind to me and so understanding and he didn't judge me, but he prayed for me. And, you know, I was, it was a matter of three months. Um, and I was taking full disclosure. I was taking a very strict regimen of, um, supplements and, you know, wild cherry juice and all this stuff to really help my immune system. And he was gone. It was totally gone, that's totally beautiful. clear. I like um, what your dad said, though. He said, we're not going to have this. That's right. <laughs> he prays against the power it. of speaking <laughs> life so into somebody's life, yeah. right? No, and especially, horrible. especially yeah. your family, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and having that support. That's beautiful. I love that. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, goal setting because you hmm. are a go-getter. I mean, you yeah. have, you've already talked about a few things that you've attempted and it, it, God's like, nope, that's not for you, but you just go after it. And so yeah. let's talk a little bit about goal setting and, and how that uh, works in your life. And, um, and I hear you gave it up actually, but yeah, yeah. I figured, I figured that little <laughs> comment would get you guys. Um, well, so you probably set a goal to give up goal setting. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> wow. I never thought of it. Yeah. Maybe I did. That was crazy. You know, here's the thing I had, I have had an immense amount of great ideas and business plans and you can walk them out and I should creative. do this. My, my last one before I gave up goal setting was, there's going to be a huge amount of people that want their tattoos removed. There's going to be, <laughs> no, so I'm seriously? like, I need to set up a tattoo removal place and somehow figure I that. that I still think that's a great idea. I think it's uh-huh. a great idea uh-huh. because there are going to be people in about another yeah. 10, 20 years are going to go, Oh, what was I thinking? You know, and they'll right. want that off. Okay. That was, <laughs> that was extra. Uh, but back to goal setting, uh, you know, you can ha- God and, and understand what I mean, Wendy, when I said that, and I said that on purpose because I know you would ask me about it, is that we, it is not wrong for us to have a vision board and to set goals. But what's wrong is when we don't submit them to God, number one. Mm. We think we do. I thought Mm. I was on everything. But if you really stop, most of the time, our goals are selfish-oriented, not God-oriented. Okay, so how do you know that they're God-oriented? Well, Wendy, you're going to have to pray about it. (laughs) 
You're going to yeah, have to pray answer. about good it answer. and you're going to have to be in agreement with your husband. You're going to have to, all those yes. things that you have to have. And so it's not that the goal was wrong. It's that the goal may have not have been yet, or it's not mm-hmm. the right time, but sometimes they're just or wrong, the right order. you know? Yeah. Uh, and it's like somebody out there is going to listen to my tattoo removal goal business thing Take it and, and they'll go do it. And that's great. <laughs> go do it. It's a great, it's a yeah. great idea. Uh, yeah. It was not for me to do. Uh-huh. So I heard um, I heard a, a speaker say it was a motivational speaker, and, and she said I can't. Obviously, she made such a big impression I can't remember her name, but <laughs> she was talking about give up goal settings because her point was that the universe around you will help focus you. Well, no, that was wrong. But she she you know pricked my thinking a little bit. God has done better things for me when I wasn't mm-hmm. trying to steer the the car than when I was during the car. So, you know, things that have happened that have been a success have all been kind of like, huh, I don't know, let's try this and, and do it. It wasn't that I thought something was going to be huge and work. It was literally, I thought this was, this was a good idea. Maybe we'll do this for a little bit and see what happens. And that was the extent of it, but submitting him to God and being able to hold it with your hands open, no matter Mm -hmm. what God tells you to do, I have to hold my hands open and say, God, this is yours. This is your, if you want to take it, take it, but it's not about me. It's about you. So true. And God does know the desire of our heart. And, and while you may have wanted to have a tattoo uh, removal (laughs) uh, place, um, I believe that you are removing tattoos, Mm. but in a different Mm. way with flashpoint Mm. and you're removing hardness of heart kind of tattoos on people um, that are dealing with, you know, just conflicting um, truths. You you are in the tattoo removal business. It just doesn't look like how you expected it. And so God, God will flip things around and, and, and give you your better and give you your best when we trust him. And so that's such a good message. So let's talk a little bit about flashpoint and what's it all about and, and where can people find you and, uh, and, and just how it got started. Well, it got started back in September. Um, Kenneth Copeland has the Victory Channel, and he said, hey, Gene, we need to do something because if we're not careful, we'll lose this election. And um, so I wasn't willing to put anybody else on the chopping block. So I said, well, I'll do something. And I got these friends. I've got uh, Lance Wall now, who has become a good friend, and he's Mm -hmm. got a different angle. And I've got Hank Kuhneman, who's a pastor and a prophet. It's eerily accurate. And I'm like, wouldn't that be interesting to see what those two guys thought? So it was, I, I came to uh, a friend of mine, a producer, Jason, and said, Hey, I got this idea. That was a Wednesday. They threw together an open and we went on the air Thursday and, wow. um, and it was, uh, and <laughs> we've never stopped. We've never, wow. respect, we're still using the same open <laughs> that we did overnight. <clears throat> so it was about, and so there was something that happened and I knew it wasn't done. <clears throat> then Mario Murillo came in the picture and Mario just really rounded it out because now we've got pastor, prophet, teacher, you know, we've got the whole five uh, mm-hmm. elements of the, of the body. So I'm, I'm telling you this, this was a God thing. I'm not this smart. So this one it, wasn't on the, exploded. this one wasn't on your vision board. It wasn't a goal this just almost sounds like God opened up a door and pushed you through it backwards. It did. It did. In fact, I remember telling uh, my wife, you know, I got to do this. You know, it's going to take a lot of extra time leading up to the election. Just need to tell you. She was like, oh, yeah, you've got to do this. This is too important. So I had her agreement. 
And then we yeah. went into it and uh, it almost exploded. In fact, I had to look at the, uh, the ratings to make sure I was reading it right. Cause it couldn't be that quick mm. that things, wow. but it really touched a nerve and really uh, bringing the truth. And who knew that we would have in the second half of the year in 2020, not just a, uh, not just the pandemic, but the, the whole thing with uh, the, the election walking into election fraud. I mean, the whole thing in flashpoint was to only go to November 3rd and be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was really a temporary feel, but open doors uh, massively. People are calling, wanting we're to be hungry. on and it, it's, they were hungry for truth. So mm-hmm. um so, I remember the, the debate. You probably remember it. But there was a time when we had uh, Fox News had, I won't say his name, but his initials are Chris Wallace. And um, <laughs> where he came on there for the debate and suddenly everybody said Fox News has is not conservative anymore. And that really turned a lot of eyes to us and really expanded everything. Well, God is using Flashpoint, uh, mm-hmm. even though you had no idea what he had in mind. You've had a heart for revival, and you've studied it for years. And right. um, so, I'm just I'm curious what do what do you see the biggest takeaway, the biggest lesson you've learned about revival, and where does Flashpoint fit into all that? Yeah, thank you for asking it. This is, uh, in fact, I had a lot of minister friends say, "Well, Gene, you've been all about revival, and now you're about politics. You know, mm-hmm. does that mean you're not?" About, I'm like, "No, you don't get it. They go together." Um, right. So, what is the biggest lesson I've learned about revival? It only takes one. All you have to do is be the one. My One of my favorites is uh, the Great Hebrides Revival of 1949, the Isle of Lewis, Scotland. Two 80-year-old women, one couldn't see, and one was arthritic. And they prayed in a huge revival. Even Duncan mm-hmm. Campbell, who was the minister of that, said, it wasn't me. They prayed it in. And God showed up in a big way. So, but if you go back to every revival, whether it was... Um, Evan Roberts in Wales, you know, there were, or even here in America, Zeusa Street, uh, William Seymour. It always started with one person willing to push further, willing to push deeper. And I think that's where we miss it um, right now is because we think we're waiting on God to magnificently show up and we have a Pensacola outpouring all over again. Mm-hmm. And that's not how it's going to happen. I think we'll see those events. But what we're in the middle of right now is a revival. It just didn't come the way you thought it would. And because we're seeing churches turn around, look at what you're seeing. You're really seeing a revelation of the remnant uh, in churches now. You've got pastors that are going, well, we're going to go this way. We're going to go hard left. And then you've got the others who no, we're going to do what God said. And we're willing to stand up. When's the last time? Do you ever remember in our lifetimes uh, pastors going to jail because they had church? Um, no. I mean, it's, it's unheard of. It's unheard of. So it was be the one in revival. You can, it only takes one. All you have to do is be the one. And it doesn't necessarily mean you've got to have a, a meeting of 500 people to be the one. You'd be the one in your family, be the one in your neighborhood, in your city, in your county, whatever it takes, just show, show Jesus to the world. And uh, that's what it, that's really it. So it comes back to what we talked about at the very beginning. It's not about me. Yeah, it's yeah, about God. Yeah. And it's, there's all I got to do is stand up for God. That's so good. And I love that. Be the one. Mm -hmm. So what should we do right now to be the one, Gene, to see our nation turn around uh, for conservative Christian values? I mean, this is this is a a, a turning point. This is the time where we have to rise up and and step up and and um, and and be the one. So what's that step? What do we do? Well, uh, obviously, the obvious answer is usually the right answer. And the obvious answer is we got to pray. 
Um, And we've got to pray like we never prayed before. However, that's not the end of it. And this is where churches get off base is they say, well, we prayed about it. And okay, well, you know, we're done. Um, And this is remember, we had Donald Trump in office for three and a half years before the church woke up and went, wait a minute. We we have all these freedoms. We may lose them. Uh, We need Mm -hmm. to start doing something about it. The church was asleep. We were asleep as a body, Mm -hmm. as a whole. So we got to pray, keep it in prayer. Then the second thing is, uh, and I like what my uh, friend, Sammy Rodriguez says, he says, uh, the, we've been waiting for God to pour out revival and he's waiting for the church to rise up. And I Mm -hmm. think that's what you're beginning to see now is the church rising up and standing up and saying, no, this is not what we're going to take. General Flynn stuck his finger in my chest and said, you guys don't know how big you really are. If the evangelical Christian community would come together, yeah. this nation would turn around. And it's like, wow, he's right. We're the biggest people group out there. We just have to come together. But our differences aside, you believe this, I believe that, and, but we have a common purpose. We've got to be able to come together and see that and start rising up. So how you? So then your next question is, well, how do you rise up? Well, first of all, what I want to do for your listeners and your viewers today, um, guys, is I want to give you three simple steps, three simple steps of how you do it. Number one, and I borrowed this from the military, from the army. Number one, you have to mobilize. And most of us have been mobilized for the last decades in the church. Mobilizes, we get ready, we get ready, we get our stuff to get ready to move. Number two is where we're at today, and that's activate. You got to be activated. So what I'm saying today and what I'm preaching when I go out speaking and everything is I'm activating you. You, A lot of us just need somebody to say, okay, it's your turn. Go Go do this. And so it's that simple. Every time I I give this speech or or this message, the altars are full because people are going, yeah, I just want to do something. I want to be activated. So we're activating people right now. Activation is you're called up. Remember when you play baseball, you play on the farm team. That's great. But then there's the day mm. you're activated and you go to the pros. It's no longer, you're no longer going to practice back at the farm team. You're practicing with the big boys and you're on the other team. That's where we're at. We're on the pro team now and mm. we're not taking a knee by the way. So then the third thing is we're deployed. And so we've mm. got to deploy. And so that means go out. So we're activating and deploying at the same time because of the time that we're in. So when we deploy, we're going to go out there and take over. Let me give you an example of deployment right here in Fort Worth at the Fort Worth Independent School District. Now get this, four moms, four, four. Governor Abbott made a declaration and mandate saying that you can't force a mask for kids in schools. Well, the Independent School District of Fort Worth said, well, we're going to do it anyway. And so you you got to wear a mask. Now, understand, it's not a this is not a mask to no mask conversation. I want you to see what happened. Four moms sued and said, this is not accurate. And they won. Mm-hmm. Four mothers of pre, I, I would imagine, elementary school kids mm-hmm. came up and said, this is not accurate. We don't want, we don't believe it. Gave medical reasons. Uh, and they won. And this happened in a matter of a week. It wasn't like this long case, all these high, high-end lawyers. They stood up. So I'm not asking everybody to go stand up. However, uh, you, while you may not need to go down to the school board, the school boards where we've, where we've lost this country, the school boards where we've missed it. Um, when I grew up, we stood up and said the Pledge of Allegiance every morning in public school. Now, 
that's not even being done. In fact, there's a school uh, north of here that um, actually stood up and did the uh, the gay uh, the gay pride uh, pledge of allegiance. And you're like, what? Wow. Most of us Christians are waking up, going, "What happened to our nation?" The truth is, this was happening all along. We just we were yeah. asleep at the wheel. We didn't realize yeah. how this was being taken over. So we've got to stand up, be a part of your school board. You say, "Well, I don't feel comfortable at." We'll do something in your neighborhood. If yeah. there's anything mm-hmm. you can do, uh, some of you, the elderly can be a part. The great thing about a school board thing is, you don't have to have a kid in school. You don't even have to have children. If you live in that county, you can go be a part of that meeting. It's going to take effort now for us to get involved. And uh, it's just like news. You want to get the news now. You have to search high and low to get the real facts because the mainstream media has been very left, very liberal, and they're not even reporting everything anymore. So we have to take this on the responsibility on ourselves to get the words out and get talk about it. It's such a good word, Gene, because I think uh, all too often people are, are, they want to, they like, they love that message, Gene, but they're expecting their neighbor or someone else. Oh, they're expecting the Gene Bailey's to do it. Gene will do it. Uh, These four moms, they'll do it instead of us being the activators and going out and doing it. So it does. It takes all of us stepping up and rising up to that occasion. So um, you are working on a new book. Is that correct? It's yeah, the book's finished. Uh, it's actually um, and then because I had nothing else to do. We wrote a book. Yeah, right. And uh, <laughs> you don't sleep, basically. <laughs> yeah, it was boy, I have a lot of it takes a village to keep me going in the right direction. But the uh, yeah, yes, the book was born out of Flashpoint, obviously, and revival because I kept getting um, asked the question you got to ask. And I like this is what the church needs to understand. We are in a state of uh, revival. David Barton told me several years ago that culture says society shows it's 50 years after revival. People even notice they were in a revival. And mm-hmm. so think about this, but here's the question for you. Do we, when we say revival, we either think of uh, a big tent and cedar yes. shavings and people falling <laughs> out and lots of demonstrative we and stuff like that. And that can be a, that can be that. But what we really want is not just revival. We want reformation. We want mm-hmm. to see it change because if, if revival is just a great meeting, that's great, but there's no change. We got to have change in our society. We got to have change in our cities. Listen, America could be lost. And I think that's the part that if most believers are paying attention, you know, wait a minute, America could be lost. Look at what's happening with, you know, Biden's administration and what he's trying to do. This is so anti-American. It, it's shocking. Yet, the millennials and even some of us older people are are just kind of dismissing it. Oh, well, we'll, we'll get it turned around in 24 or 22. And we don't have that kind of time. We got to stand up now for the right way. And that's God's way and the Bible way. And so we got to stand up. Yeah. And I don't think it's um, everyone's uh, fault that may be going that Biden direction. It's, it's where they're being fed the information, what they're what they're believing sure. to be true, right? So they're just being deceived at some point. And let me say this. It is not a Republican and Democrat. This is not right. a Republican it's Democrat a conversation. Right. That's Thank not you. it. Get that out of here because people think, oh, we're well, Republican. No, forget Mm-mm. that. That's not it. We're talking about truth and lies. So we've got to mm-hmm. get to the truth because, mm-hmm. listen, lies. there's corruption on both sides of the aisle and yep. it goes very deep. Yeah. We got to believe Absolutely. and stand up for it. 
Yeah. Well, Jean, we're just, I'm just thinking about your whole story and we're just really grateful that back about a dozen years or so when you really kind of hit the floor and the bottom fell out actually, and, and you, you made some very key decisions in your life. And that was to trust God and to own what you needed to own Absolutely. and then to go forward with God leading you even trying some things on your own and then realizing, okay, it's got to be, it's not about me. It's got to be about God. And we see the fruit of that right now in your life. It is very, very encouraging. It's very inspiring. So I want you to just, again, just, just help that one person who's struggling and feeling like, well, all that you guys are talking about now, I mean, I got a lot of issues in my life. I mean, I know the nation's got problems in the church and all that, but I just like, I, I got to worry about fixing me before I talk about right. fixing the nation. Maybe they're Can dealing you, with disease or a loss of a loved one or something yeah. like that. Tough, tough just stuff. give them a little encouragement that, um, that we're all in this together in a sense. We are all in this together. I'm glad you brought that up, um, Todd, because we have to understand, you know, in the fifties, houses were smaller. You think about why were houses yeah. smaller? Because we had a bigger sense of community. Um, mm. I had a shovel. You had the you had the pickaxe. You know, I had the hammer. You had the nail. You know, I'm being ridiculous, mm. but we had more of a sense of community. We didn't need sure. to amass all of these things to ourselves. We knew our neighbors. We wanted to know. Them. Even in the '60s, Good. there was a push to know who your neighbors were. And this is where the church has to own where they've messed up. It's not about building a bigger building or having more audience or going on TV. That's not it. And I believe what we're seeing is the beginnings of uh, more pastors realizing that and coming out and saying, we need to be in our community. God called you uh, in your particular area where you are to be right there. So let's let's take that person that's um, that's having an issue. The way to fix the nation is to fix the person. We fix each other. And how do we do that? Of course, point them to God and get the healing and restoration. But we're only going to do that with each other. You know, um, we can learn things on our own. Had I had the right person speaking to my life, had I been open <laughs> to the right person to speak into my life earlier, I probably would have cut down a lot of hurt and a lot of money and a lot of issues a lot faster. But mm -hmm. I had to get there on my own. But listen, we can get there. We just need to stand out and reach out. And really, guys, it's think about this. How many? And I know everybody talks about, oh, you know, you're looking at your phone all the time and all that. And that's true. But we need to look at we need to look beyond even our four walls of our family and see somebody in need. And that's really where we're going to be able to stand up. And if you're hurting and you're a believer, don't buy into the lie that you you somehow messed up or you don't have enough faith or you you know you're somehow sub christian because you had an issue we all have issues we just you know we need to be we need to treat mm -hmm. transparent we got to be transparent in the transparency lies the key and when you're transparent you can ignite something in someone else to bring restoration mm -hmm. that's all mm -hmm. pointing that's back good. to god it's not about you such good. a good word that's gene good. i loved every minute of this interview um, thank you again. And um, you guys listening or watching, make sure you check out Coming to Bookstore soon, November 16th, Flashpoint of Revival. So I can't wait to get my hands on that book. Um, Gene, just to end kind of on a light note, because this has been a, a pretty intense interview, which is great because so many wonderful nuggets of wisdom here. Um, Tell us a little something fun about Gene that maybe not everyone knows about you. Maybe you have a, an interesting hobby or a little something 
just you play the accordion. Yeah, maybe Who knows? play what the is? little triangle <laughs> or <laughs> what's something really unique about Gene that we should know. Or that he doesn't uh, want us to know. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of what do I want to share. That's that's the bigger <laughs> thing. Uh, I don't know, Wendy. That's a tough question. Um, you, you know, I, I like. Or? I do. I, I like classic cars, and uh, you know, yeah. I I have a big. Uh, I have a big store. We call it our storehouse out back. That uh, uh, I, you know, my vision is to have that full of classic cars one day. If that were to be, but I mean, that's what I really enjoy the most. Uh, the reality cool. of having having gone through what I went through, and even though I had no symptoms, you know, and I had the Hep C, understanding like, hey, this could be now. What's great is nowadays there's great treatment, and it's just not a big deal anymore. Right. Um, <clears throat> it's easier, much treated much easier, but you know, when you, <clears throat> when you come face to face with a life debilitating disease, possible death or, you know, changing your life forever, suddenly you, you look at the trees a little bit better. You look around mm -hmm. and I think that's what it is. My favorite pastime is to get up early, sit on my porch, look at the pool and the waterfall and drink my coffee and pet oh. my dog. I know that sounds like crazy. Oh, no, that's beautiful. <laughs> Ridiculous. Oh, that's it's it. not as, not as phenomenal, but I mean, that's, that's what I, that's my downtime. Yeah. And yeah. Um, that's what that's I cool. enjoy. No, I'll have to, fantastic. I'll think of something really snappy later. Yeah. As soon as he's we, a, yeah. He's, <laughs> he, so he's a motorhead that loves uh, quiet time. That's yeah, good. Loves quiet time <laughs> with do. the Lord. And you know, you know, dog is spelled God backwards, you know, so it's all oh, good. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, Gene, you are awesome. Thank you for spending the time Thank with you. us um, and sharing your biggest breakthrough. So blessings and uh, keep going strong, my friend. Thank you, guys. Pleasure. Thanks All right. So much, Take care. Bye-bye. Wow, what a fun interview. We just love Gene. He's he's just full of wisdom. And um, I like the fact that, you know, all that he's been through, I mean, years and years of ministry. Mm -hmm. And, he, you know, you can get a little religious after a while. Sure. And Gene Good. is not. He's, no, he's, he's real. He's real. He's raw. He's He's been humbled. Authentic. He acknowledges, you know, his responsibility in, uh, in, in how things uh, were going for a while. Yeah. And he There's actually went. There's a lot of went, lessons in that. There is. And he actually went like from behind the camera for many, yeah, many, many, right. many years yeah. to now like full on in front of the camera. And it's just fun to see how God yeah. uses everything, nothing. He connects all the dots and well, nothing's wasted. That's and I just exactly so right. Cool. And and you're never too old to learn something new. Right. And you're never too old to have God sort of rekindle your fires. That's good. And that's every good. single one of us have an opportunity to just get our own fire rekindled and then start rekindling the fire in others as well. Yeah. So Thank you so much for tuning into this episode yeah. of Your Biggest Breakthrough. Remember what Gene said, be the one. Yeah. I love that. Be the one. And hey, if you want to be the one on another uh, side note here of giving us a five-star uh, rating huh? and give us a review, that would be fantastic. We would love that. And we'll review it and uh, share that on air next time. So thank you so much for tuning in. Yeah. We'll catch you next time. So glad you could join us today, and you'll find a new episode every Tuesday on your favorite podcast platform. And if you've been encouraged by listening or viewing, would you just take a moment and give us a five-star rating and a quick review? That'd be so awesome. Yeah, and also please share this with your friends and loved ones. If you have comments or questions, or if you're looking for an advertising opportunity, please get in touch with us at yourbiggestbreakthrough.com. Or if you'd like to optimize your health and wellness, you can work directly with Wendy. Go to wendypat.com. Or if you're a guy and you're interested in mentoring and coaching, go to toddisburner.com. We look forward to having you join us on our next episode of Your Biggest Breakthrough.